Tell it to the judge on Sunday. Tell it to him, leave me alone. Tell it to the judge on Sunday. You can call him at home. Welcome to Torts Illustrated, Episode 5. I'm your host, Marie. Wait, disclaimer time. I'm a lawyer. I am not your lawyer. This show is for fun, and we here on Torts Illustrated do not dispense legal advice. If you want legal advice, hire a lawyer. And if you've done something bad enough, the government might even give you one. Okay, now welcome to Torts Illustrated, where we discuss all things weird and wacky in the law from old England to today. We have another guest host with us today. His name is Zach Bosey, and he is a comedian and one of the hosts of Learning with Michael and Zach. Zach, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, hello there, Marie, and to all of our wonderful listeners here. Um, I, uh, you know, I got my JD in criminal law at the (laughs) University of Rockford. No, that is a lie. I am not a lawyer, so I will be providing a different perspective here on this podcast. I currently work at Kraft Heinz. Um, I'm a food scientist. I like to think I'm an aspiring comedian. Um, You know, I do a little stand-up here and there, improv at Second City. I like my dog. I like my family a little bit, and I like my friends. I think that's a pretty good cookie-cutter outline of anybody, so... uh, Yeah, let's carry on. We got Santa Claus today. Yeah, we're going to be talking about... um, all of the weird people in the world who have brought the issue of Santa Claus to court. Uh, so to start us off, Zach, I was wondering when you actually stopped believing in Santa Claus. Uh, wow. I think like maybe, maybe fifth grade. Was that like uh, ten? Is that nine? <laughs> nine or ten? Yeah. yeah. And was there like a, a moment where someone told you or you figured it out? I don't know, I think you pick up on a lot of things. You know, Santa and, like, my dad had very similar handwriting, right? But um, I remember, like, one year... It's like, every year you always, like, kind of sleep. You, you always can't sleep, right? Before right. He, he, he comes down the chimney and everything, and because of, like, pure joy. But, yeah, I think one night I I got up in the middle of the night and, like, my parents were kind of, like like going all over the house and I could like hear things in the basement and, I, and, and that's suspicious. and that's just kind of like when it all fell through um yeah nothing too crazy it's not like I like I came in on them like you know putting down presents or anything but yeah, mine was even less dramatic I feel like everyone has this story of like the confrontation with their parents but my parents were very smart and they always told us if you don't believe you don't receive so even after I figured it out, I never told them that I didn't believe in Santa because I wanted to get presents. Um, so they managed to avoid that conversation entirely with us, which was just genius. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I get presents from Santa. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, my parents still write down Santa, and then they'll do, like, different stuff where, like, if I get golf equipment, it'll be from Tiger Woods or like, <laughs> Phil Mickelson. Like, you know, like or, like, if I get booze, it'll be from... I don't know John Wayne for some really weird reason. <laughs> um, I don't know stuff like that. So like they keep they yes. they 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 spice it up and and I and I like it. Okay, so Santa is more of a concept and embodies yeah, various Santa, people. Yeah, Santa like will take many forms in my house. <laughs> well, you know, guys, Santa t- does take a lot of forms, and today we're going to talk about Santa taking the form of actual mortal human beings. Uh, we're actually going to talk about a few cases which center around men who never stop believing in Santa and actually believe so strongly that they decided they themselves were were going to become Santa Claus. 
So the first case that we're going to talk about took place in Franklin County, Ohio. And I couldn't lay my hands on a copy of the actual case because it's a very small case from a magistrate court, uh, which doesn't show up in all the free ways to search cases, and I'm not going to steal from my firm by making them pay for it. Um, but it's been written about in several newspaper articles and even in a book called Santa Claus, A Biography. So it's accessible on the internet in that sense. Apparently in 1999, Robert Hanley, who was described as a round, jolly man with wire glasses and a big white beard, petitioned the court in Franklin County, Ohio to change his legal name to Santa Claus. And he argued that since he embodied the spirit of Christmas and was treated like Santa Claus year-round by children who would see him and believe he was Santa, he wanted to be able to tell them honestly that he was the real Santa Claus. So obviously the judge objected to this, um, which makes sense, right? I mean, this seems like a crazy thing to do. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I would entertain it, but continue. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it wasn't even because this is a bonkers thing to do that he objected, um, which would be my reasoning, um, but because he was worried about the cultural legacy and significance of Santa Claus as a concept. So quoting the judge directly, he said that the history of Santa Claus, the North Pole, the elves, Mrs. Claus, the reindeer, is a treasure that society passes on from generation to generation. And so he didn't want to take this treasure and basically give it to one man and have one man embody this concept. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing in my mind. Uh, like if if he worked at Lowe's, you know, and just had a name <laughs> tag that said Santa, you know, that would throw me off a bit. Right, exactly. And, you know, what happens when he dies if everyone knows him as Santa Claus? Isn't Santa supposed to be this immortal creature? Yes, right. And the judge also pointed out that he didn't even have a way of knowing if Robert Hanley was, you know, the right person to take on this cultural role. I mean, suppose Robert Hanley robbed a bank or he died. Um, it might be a little scarring for children to see Santa sentenced to 30 years in jail in the paper or Santa run over by a truck. Um, and beyond these, you know, funnier concerns, what if he committed something really bad? Like, um, what if he abused his wife? Um, that's a horrible thing to see Santa do, and that ruins the dreams of a lot of children. But the court also pointed out that there is an economic value to the name of Santa Claus. It's a concept that's used to earn money. People actually have a job being Santa Clauses in the mall. If kids are listening, those are Santa's friends, not the real Santa. Um, and so theoretically giving the job to one man and saying, yes, you are the official Santa Claus could have a bad effect on other people's earnings. Yeah, I agree with that. What I, but I don't like this whole cast of judgment. I don't like the whole what if scenario. Like you know, I, oh, I could give you this name, but it's like, what will you do with it? I, I think you know, it's like, like what if he was a great, like what if, like not to say I am a, like a scholar, but like if I feel like it's a different scenario if I were to walk in or like someone, like some very, a nice person or I don't know, like. Well, would they view the same way, like, or for some strange man in Utah, you know, that's, or well, so Ohio, or with, have you? with Robert Hanley, I mean, there was no indication that he was a bad person. He seemed to be a nice guy. He did, like, charity events in the city, and he, oh. he took the role well. And so I think their point was that, how do you decide that? I mean, lawyers love the slippery slope, so if nice, jolly Robert Hanley gets to be Santa Claus... Maybe, you know, the next guy walks in and is not so nice, but he wants to be Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so... Well, I, well, then I think we could evolve. We could, we could meet this guy halfway, right? Right. It could be like a contract situation where 
there could only be a few Santas in the world, <laughs> and it's like a, it's like signing, like a deal for a ba- like a team. So you, you sign an eight-year deal mm-hmm. for Santa Santa Claus, <laughs> and and like you gotta, you know, there's maybe some some points in the in the contract where if if you mess up, you know that you'll be listed in the police blotter as your original name, you know, and then and then you lose well, your rights to the okay. name, right? I. I think it's a, it's a privilege to be Santa, and I think it's also maybe something that we could work around. Yeah, I could see that. Well, and Robert, too, he wanted the name uh, Santa Robert Claus. So even there, he was willing to compromise. I mean, he wasn't saying, I want to be the Santa Claus. Yeah, and like Santa Robert Claus, if that was in the news, I, you know, doesn't have the same magic that Santa Claus does. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. And then you did mention he, or the other case was Chris Kringle. He, he, he would have gone for Chris Kringle as well, right? Um, that was... Yeah, so, so Robert Hanley um, was denied the right to go legally by Santa Claus. Of course, he could still play Santa, he could still do business as Santa, but he couldn't legally be named Santa Claus. But a year later, there was another similar case in Utah um, from a man named David Lynn Porter. Um, and he was from a small town named Murray, Utah. Apparently, Murray, Utah is very into Christmas. And so, as part of the celebrations, uh, David Lynn Porter would be Santa Claus. According to the Salt Lake Tribune, he had actually been a big fan of Christmas his whole life, and since he was a kid, he had wanted to be Santa Claus. He actually had uh, vanity plates that said, S-N-T-A-C-L-S, Santa Claus, which is a bit much. Um, and he would dress up like Santa and you know, give a merry laugh and run around saying Merry Christmas to people. Um, Do we know that he did this all year round? That's a good question. The case doesn't say whether he did it all year round. I think that's key information. Yeah, I feel like that should weigh into it, because if you're willing to commit that much to the role... Yeah, if you're just seasonal, you're just like every other mall (laughs) Santa. Right, how do you establish yourself as Santa Prime? You need a track record. (laughs) You know, it sounds like the Utah Supreme Court did not ask enough questions here. There should be like a resume submission where you get to review, like, oh, how many times have you been Santa... Like a video of you being Santa. Yeah. I'd like to be on the committee to like approve who becomes the Santa Claus of our America. And thus begins the corporatization of Santa. Yeah, wow, this could really get deep. <laughs> How has modern America ruined the legend of the Jolly Man? <laughs> um, so Porter, uh, also a fun fact, he's actually a redhead. And apparently he bleaches both his hair and his beard to look more like Santa. Whereas Hanley actually looked like Santa normally. Um, so Porter is putting in the work to make this happen. He would take Santa jobs seasonally, and then in the off-season, since he couldn't drive a sleigh, he would drive a city bus. Um, oh, well, there you have it. Yeah, so I'm not sure if he did it in a full Santa suit, but he did it oh, um, you know, in his same white hair and white beard and was often mistaken for Santa by children. Ah. Um, so he had pretty much the same argument that Hanley had. Um, that he was committed to the role, he looked like Santa, he acted like Santa, people mistook him for Santa, he should be able to have that job and that name. Um, For a second, let's talk about what it takes to legally change your name, because I think we've gone back and forth between going by Santa and actually legally changing your name. So to legally change your name, you have to submit a petition, and the court has to decide, um, or you have to set forth to the court, the cause of the name change, so why you're doing it, the name proposed, and basically that you're a resident of the county where you're submitting the petition. So it's not a hard process. And courts usually don't turn these down, even if you're picking something crazy. I mean, have you seen that one Friends episode where 
maybe <laughs> maybe you're not old enough for friends. But... Uh, that's not true. I just don't approve of friends. <laughs> well, there's an episode where Phoebe goes to change her name when she gets married. Who is Phoebe? <laughs> that... The blonde, like, goofy one. Okay, because I definitely approve of Jennifer Aniston. I saw a picture of her today <laughs> from Friends, and oh boy... Got me going a bit. But anyways, continue. As the lawyer of this show, I do not endorse Jennifer Aniston getting him going as a subject matter. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Phoebe goes to change her name when she gets married, and she gets excited that she can change it to anything, and she changes it to Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. Wow. Um, and that is actually not an implausible plot line. You know, there's no real reason for the court to turn that down. But Santa Claus is a little bit different, um, because again, like the last court said, it does have this cultural value. So originally, Porter was turned down, even, as Zach said, though he was willing to go by Kris Kringle Mm -hmm. as well as Santa Claus. Um, So he gave them the option of either. They turned him down for both. Um, But unlike Hanley, he was very dedicated to this, so he appealed his case all the way up to the Utah Supreme Court, which leads us with a fun legal opinion to, um, to dig into on this man wanting to become Santa. So typically with... A, and I'm explaining this both for the non-lawyers in the audience and for Zach. Typically, in an um, appeals brief like this, the court will kind of write out what the lower court did and then talk about whether they agree with it or not. So we have a lot of the lower court's decision in here as well. And they had similar feelings as in the last case, that Santa's a cultural institution and all of that. But they also talked about a chilling effect. A chilling effect is something that discourages someone from exercising their rights to utilize the justice system. Um, So it can be things like high filing costs or the threat of legal action. Um, In its most serious form, there are these things called slap lawsuits. Um, It's a lawsuit that's filed specifically and purposefully to censor and intimidate your critics. So basically you file a suit knowing you're not going to win it, but knowing that in defending themselves, your critics will have to expend so much money and effort that they're going to be substantially hurt. Um, So we obviously don't want those. Those are the biggest chilling effects. But obviously that's not the case here. What they were worried about was that people would would want to sue um, David Porter, but they wouldn't want to sue Santa Claus. Um, So imagine if this guy is your neighbor and he builds something over your property line or he is throwing loud parties every night. You don't want to be the Grinch that shows up in the news as having sued Santa Claus. Yeah, nobody wants to be that guy. You know, like, oh gosh, you know. I, yeah. And like your, maybe your son or your daughter is pressuring you, you know, like, but dad. It's Santa. It's Santa. Yeah. And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> well, and, you know, earlier we talked about, well, Santa beating his wife. Well, what if you're married to Santa and Santa is abusive and you know that if you file a restraining order, it's going to show up in the paper under some joke headline of, like, Santa can't get within 300 feet of Mrs. Claus. Yeah, like, like doop-a-doop-a-doop-doop, that's just Santa, you know, as he wails on you. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It, it could create some pretty horrible situations. So I think that that's probably a more convincing argument than just I'm, Santa as a cultural institution. Yeah, I mean, if I was Santa, I would take it full advantage of... I feel like you could get free food at, like, buffets. Right. If you, like, if you just... Like, maybe you were sitting in your airport, you know, or somebody called your name, um, you know, as you're, like, if you put your name on the, like, if you're on, like, the uh, the standby, you know, if I saw that, I'd bump that up. If I was a flight attendant, I'd be like, Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa's flying first class. He's flying first class no matter what. Yeah, I want my kids getting good presents this year. Yeah, you know, I, I would take full advantage of that name. Absolutely. Yeah, so that, you know, that's a pretty substantial reasoning, but the Supreme Court just didn't buy it, essentially. Um 
they didn't think that there would be enough of a chilling effect. And their argument was essentially that, yes, these are all valid things to say, that Santa is a cultural institution, um, that there's these economic concerns, that there's a chilling effect. But the standard for changing your name is, is pretty low, and it's supposed to be low. Because at least this court thinks that the government and the courts are not there to stop you from being an idiot. Um, in fact, they actually said Porter's proposed name change may be thought by some to be unwise, and it may very well be more difficult for him to conduct his business and his normal everyday affairs as a result. And they're right. I mean, if you go into the grocery store with a credit card that says Santa Claus and I'm your checkout lady, I'm going to think that's fake. Mm -hmm. So he could run into some problems with this name change. He might have some benefits, but in the end, they decided it's not their job to make that decision for him. Um, he gets to live with the consequences of making a stupid name change. It's interesting because, like, nobody would ever really do that besides, like, if you're a total nut. But there's definitely some low-key benefits. Yeah. Uh, you gotta think. Yeah, I like if you so. make the commitment to 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 change your name to something ridiculous like Jesus Christ. I mean, maybe that's kind of weird, but but Santa Claus cult. <laughs> or the Easter Bunny or any sort of strange holiday character. I mean, who who else is there? The Leprechaun Man? I don't know. <laughs> Let your mind, your imagination race. But yeah, it, it, like it's funny how like and then like and then in the other case when they get denied. Mm -hmm. Like the, you always, ha you already have these Santa Clauses running around in like Texas or whatever, right? Like, because mm -hmm. he, he made the point of there's others in in the in the in the United States. So, uh, I don't know. Like it, it it's just funny how it, it's just all opinion based. Yeah, and it's you know this is something that I think um, a lot of people forget about about our court system is that up until you get into the appeals court districts and the Supreme Court, it's very state by state. So in Ohio, this guy got turned down, but in Utah, David Porter was allowed to change his name to Santa Claus. So conceivably, you know, and this is not an, argu an argument the court made, but they could, he could just move to another state and be Santa there. Um, so there's a lot of kind of confusion here. I don't know that this is important enough to ever make it up to the Supreme Court and get this settled once and for all. Um, although once that happens, we might have a rush of Santas. I think that's... They should do that in the next... I think there should be, like, a, a... Like, because what if these people might be benefiting more than me? Like, I want... I don't want these people to be getting free groceries or what have you because of their name. I mean, we need to settle this. I think if it was brought to the Supreme Court, who do you think would, like, you know, Democratic or Republican judge... <laughs> how do you think this is going to sway? Who do you think is voting for what? I like to think that Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would allow this to happen because she has a sense of whimsy. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely could see her her pulling those strings. Yeah, I feel like Clarence Thomas would be against it because he seems a very serious man. Or he has like, or he's like the crazy holiday drunk. <laughs> yeah, he could be behind closed doors. You never know. Yeah, and I was also thinking. I mean, do you think Canada has a like a, a higher percent um, percentage of of Santa Clauses? Like hmm. by name? By name. Do you think do you think the 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 like the weather dictates? dictates uh, Santa Claus names? I mean, Maybe. I don't. You never know. You could certainly have more of the traditional Santa aspects in Canada. So you could have your, well, maybe not reindeer, but you could at least have a moose. Yeah. Um, and you could ride a sleigh around. So you'd like to think it would be, like, a bigger topic in those court systems. Like, you know, we got a limit, mm -hmm. like, you know, we're, we got a couple hundred Santa Clauses here in, you know, Canada. 
You gotta cut down those numbers, you know. <laughs> on the other hand, the U.S. is the land of many, many Christians who are very big on Christmas. Um, right. There uh, is, you know, the Christmas issue we avoided talking about this week is the can you say Merry Christmas and religious oh, yeah. displays and all that, which is we're not gonna climb that. That's trick. heavy. Right. Um, but you know, maybe that would affect if this became a bigger issue whether you can become Santa Claus. Um, right. I mean, to those people, Santa Claus isn't a thing. Yeah, there, it's weird. There's a weird split of... There are some evangelical groups that really are not into the whole Santa aspect of Christmas. Um, and then, you know, those of us like me who were raised Catholic are big on Santa. Um, yes, I think the Pope thinks Santa is okay. I'll have to double check that. That's not legal advice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how the Pope feels about Santa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so, one thing that struck me about these two cases um, and the difference between them is that it seems like there's really two different ways that courts approach this, and it's it's part of a bigger issue. I mean, have you heard the phrase activist courts? Uh, of course, but please yeah. explain <laughs> to all those those, uh, those those uneducated people out there that don't know that wonderful term I use every day. This, this phrase that Zach definitely knows, it's something that pops up a lot in the news, um, and it's the idea that whether it's a good thing or not, and that depends on who you're listening to, some courts take their role as shaping and bettering society, whereas some courts don't see that as part of their role. They see it as being essentially kind of the hammer that applies the laws. You know, there's been a lot of criticism. These days, it's mostly you know from the conservative to the liberal side, but it's gone the other way as well. I can see this changing over the years, right? right? Exactly. Exactly. Against activist courts and should judges be, the way that people would argue this is, should judges be making law in the courts? Mm -hmm. Or should they just be enforcing what already exists? Um, And so this is like a really small scale version of activist courts. Like we've got one court in Ohio that's saying, we don't have a good legal reason to deny this guy, so even though he's being stupid, we think, we're going to allow him to legally be Santa Claus. And we've got another court saying, we have to look out for all these children. We have to look out for this concept. And they said, basically, that the concept of Santa Claus is public property. Um, The idea of Santa Claus belongs to the people, and so to give it to one person is an injustice to the people. And so they were really kind of looking out for the wider interests and saying, we're not just going to apply the law exactly as it reads and give him this name change. We're going to think about the policy reasons and make a different decision. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty mind-bending uh, topic here, now that I think about it. I mean, like, as much as I want to give this man the right to be Santa, it's tough for me to accept the fact that this man in Utah can be Santa, you know? And in all these... I can't help to think he's just getting a bunch of free stuff. That just drives me nuts. <laughs> Like this is the thing that strikes you the most out of this is you're gonna be home on Christmas just stewing yeah. over the Utah Santa who's eating for free. Oh, you know he is. And it, <laughs> I don't know because like, I've had I've had experience like dressing up as Santa for my <laughs> for my family. So like you know doing the whole like go in the other room, put on the big suit, and then you kind of put all the nieces and nephews and all those people mm-hmm. on your on your knees and 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 tell them what they want, tell them what they need or whatever for Christmas and. It's it's totally fun, you know, and mm-hmm. and I don't know, one man shouldn't have the rights to it, I think. Yeah, well, and I guess that goes back to the Santa being a piece of public property thing, because my dad dresses up as Santa every year, too, mm-hmm. um, for his faculty party, and he is a great Santa, and he loves doing it, and it's really popular every year, but then he goes home, he takes a suit off, and, you know, he's back to his regular life. 
allowing one person to own that persona year round is nice in the sense that like, you know, Santa's always out there. Um, Mm -hmm. But it does take away from some of the specialness. It makes Santa just a dude that lives in Utah. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to compare it to Batman in a way. (laughs) And it's like not really working. But, you know, it's just so much more. It's so much better. So much more magical Mm -hmm. to have it come out. Out of like random people at this at the certain amount of at the certain time of the year, whereas, like you said, old man David, you know David um, Porter. David Porter <laughs> doesn't deserve these rights. So yeah. I guess it is sort of like Batman and James Bond, where we allow actors to inhabit those characters, but they never get to keep them. Like it yeah. always gets passed on to someone else. Sure, that but. that's that's a better comparison, and that's what I like rather than. Yeah. The permanent stay. Yeah, and I might picture Santa as Tim Allen because I was raised on the Santa Claus, but other people will picture him differently. I guess another thing I would worry about is like, I, I hate to be one of those people that goes, oh, the children, we've got to save the children. But I feel like it would be a weird, different Christmas experience for children in that area, having like a local man be Santa when all the Santa legends are around the North Pole and this mysterious character that is timeless and eternal. Mm-hmm. And you're, as a parent, you have to explain to your kids that is the dude down the road Santa. I mean, you already have to do that with your yeah. mall Santas and stuff, but this complicates it if he's signing his checks as Santa Claus. Yeah, and like with the new modern age of social media now, it would be pretty crazy to think, like what if someone did establish their name was Santa, took it a step further, like opened a YouTube account, and started... Like, making videos of him being Santa, and, like, this caught on to, like, the widestream children of America. I, it'd be crazy to think, like, like I, I associate Santa with the tradition and, like, kind of the mystery. Mm-hmm. And then pair that with all the movies and BS and the songs. But, right. But, like, what if there was this actual figure who, like, came to us mm-hmm. now that, you know, like, we have such access to social media. Like, what if he just, like, was all of a sudden... He had a Twitter handle, and he was like, hey, it's that time of year again, and I'm going to make my posting. Like, yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh my god, it's Santa, and he's real. And that like, could be corporatized so easily. I mean, oh, people could minute. be paying him to say, buy this toy, and all yeah. the kids are listening to Santa. Um, and I would worry, too, about like copyright and, um, and trademark issues. So if we allow one man to be Santa, what if five years down the line, he starts trying to trademark his image, and then he says, you know, this stuffed Santa that I'm looking at sitting on my windowsill right now is a violation of his rights because he's copyrighted that image and he looks like Santa and he has the name. Wow. So it's kind of taking public property away from the public. And you know, I'm not a, a copyright lawyer by any means and I have friends that are. So I'm sure I'm going to get texts and emails telling me I'm portraying this totally wrong. Um, but I could just, see that being an me. issue. Yeah, that that was Zach. That was all <laughs> Zach. I was over here just citing laws and being correct. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's... Wow, the more I think about it, Santa Claus is... It's a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big part of all of our lives. Um, and I think having these cultural touchstones wind up in court makes for some very weird legal decisions um, and some weird experiences. Mm-hmm. It's so hush-hush. Like, these these cases are so, like, they're, you know, what, 10, 15 years ago, and, and I, ne- I never think about people, like, I never would think about somebody trying to become Santa Claus, and I think if you brought this to light 
it would be a bigger deal almost. And mm-hmm. I, like I was talking about earlier with the whole social media thing, I, I really think this could have some legs. Like if someone really pursued it, I like this idea. The whole it could fit the contract <laughs> in. It, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy talk, and it's I don't know. At the very least, it would make a very good Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that wraps us up for this week. Absolutely. Um, so thank you very much, Zach, for joining us. Oh, of course. And I want to thank you, Marie, for having me on. Well, you're very welcome. And Zach has a podcast of his own. I do. Uh, not much of a plug we have, but we, uh, we've we been a little stagnant. Um, we are dormant at this time, but we will be uh, picking back up. Hopefully, I think we might have a holiday episode coming your way and then after the new year we'll be coming regularly again so that is learning with michael and zach you can find that on itunes as well and soundcloud um so yeah uh this has been great i love talking law as always (laughs) well thanks so much for joining us folks this has been torts illustrated i'm your host marie salter and i am zach bosey and we are just reminding you that when you kill all the lawyers please spare me and all lawyer adjacent people